You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. And just as Terence mentioned, there have been a series of uh, buyouts, acquisitions, uh, deals that have come through uh, since the pandemic and just before the pandemic even. And these have made South African businesses very attractive to foreign investors. And joining me to take a look at this is the CEO of Anchor Capital, uh, Peter Armitage. Good evening, Peter. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, Obviously, we're not going to have enough time to get through all of the conversations, but there are some standout ones uh, that have have happened of late. I mean, the the Imperial Logistics one with uh, DP World comes to mind as as a first. Uh, the Multi Choice one just this week with Canal Plus. Um, but we also have had conversations. Uh, Distel, Heineken, uh, MassMart, and the Walmart Group. They, 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 these conversations have been ongoing for a number of years. What's so attractive about South Africa? Um, I think it's all about price. Um, as, as long as there's a good quality business, there's always a price to it. And I think what you've seen on the South African market is uh, the prices of businesses have kind of, you know, trended down to 6, 7p multiples. And in global terms, if you can borrow money at 4 or 5%, um, you know, and remember, 10p multiple is a 10% yield, so you're making money straight away. Um, and I think the... As it, it's 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 actually a case of South Africa not being that attractive. I think on the market, people haven't been excited about growth prospects, um, so they haven't been willing to pay up for for shares and companies, and this has made them attractively priced and attracted people. Um, you know, you must remember in the US, P multiples sit at twenty-five to thirty. Um, you can buy b- businesses in South Africa. The average buyout price has probably been about a, an, an eight or a nine P multiple. So, Peter, when we look at some of the South African businesses, um, obviously, the, so, there are really good ones that are very easy uh, to snap up or that have been snapped up of late. Um, which are you seeing that are looking more and more attractive the longer you look at them? Well, I think it's it's largely the companies that sit in that kind of small to mid-cap space. Um, so, South African industrial companies, um, which you know, are, are kind of ignored by the foreign fund managers because they, uh, they're they not big enough. And, uh, you know, the, it wouldn't make a dent on their portfolio to own a big stake in them. So, you know, we look at companies like Centova, Logistics Business, Supergroup, Invicta. Yeah, these are really good quality businesses, been around for decades uh, and trading at valuations where the companies themselves are, are partly doing the job. Um, a lot of these companies are buying back their own shares because um, buying back your own share with, with the cash that you generate um, is effectively making an acquisition of a business that you know at a very good price. Um, what we do see in South Africa is a lot of delistings, if we go back um, over the course of the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, our business was listed and we delisted, but the cost of money's got quite high. You know, With Prime at 11.75%, it's expensive um, to borrow money to buy back out. And I think a risk to the JAC is if interest rates come down again um, during the course of 2024 and money gets cheaper, you could in fact see um, the de- uh, more delistings happen as money gets cheaper again.
Obviously, the delistings, a lot of that um, also driven by the amount of compliance and cost associated with remaining listed uh, as opposed to just continuing to run your shop really well and not having to worry about uh, those additional requirements. Uh, Peter, I want to look at some of the interesting acquisitions that we've seen or some of the interesting conversations might not necessarily be acquisitions of entire companies, but uh, in the case of MasterCard and MTN's mobile money business, the Momo business, MasterCard showing great interest in one particular asset uh, within a, a bigger company. We're also going to see that happen from uh, offshore investors saying, you know what, we might not be able to take everything off the table, but we do like this particular asset or we do like this. It lines up with something else in our portfolio and we want to get involved in that. Yeah, I think in the case of the MasterCard MTN, it's it's more a case of um, – you know, buying into a business where they've got a strategic play there and they can provide services. And, and so it's a lot more than just an acquisition where they, they're paying some money and getting uh, getting some equity in a business. Um, it's kind of buying into a business relationship, so kind of a ticket to the game. So that's, that's much more, you know, that kind of scenario is going to be company and industry specific. Um, I think the bigger companies internationally, you know, I don't think MasterCard's particularly interested in owning the whole of MTN and getting into the African telecom space, but they'd like to have a ticket to the game to play in the fintech and transactional side, which is obviously where they play. So I don't think that's really a a pervasive trend. That's very much industry-specific. And industry-specific, again, is the multi-choice one, where, you know, Canal Plus is saying... um, you know, it's it's absolutely dirt cheap from their perspective to be able to uh, buy multi-choice at 105 rand a share. Uh, it was only about six months ago. A lot of a lot of analysts out there were valuing multi-choice at uh, at, at 150 rand plus per share. Mm. I take your point on that multi-choice one, especially if we have to compare it with the likes of their international competitors in the form of the Disney Pluses and um, the Netflixes. I mean, if you think about multi-choice's relaunch of Showmax 2.0, that obviously has a big African footprint uh, and they want to expand that. Uh, Peter, how much more attractive are South African businesses um, that are able to prove their resilience to towards macro factors? I mean, I, I think about uh, things like load shedding and transnet logistics and all of that. And those factors are unique to South Africa, but they also start to create a very weird kind of risk premium for uh, anyone looking to come into a South African uh, company to say, you now have to contend with all of these things. And if you think about a company like growth point as an example uh listed property space and they've gone the whole green route to try and get off of escom reliance and all of that um are companies that are macro resilient to south african conditions even more so uh, attractive to international investors yeah i think you know when 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 people look at emerging markets they expect to see um, infrastructure and um, things that possibly aren't working as well as develop, developed markets. So I think, um, you know, uh, I, I think if one takes a five-year view, uh, load shedding in South Africa will get solved. Uh, and companies that, uh, as you say, companies that have shown the resilience to be able to survive and get through the kind of difficulties you got in South Africa, um, you know, it's kind of in the base. So these are things that have happened and companies have had to cope with. It's not things that are still coming. Um, but, you know, this has resulted, the negativity around South Africa, the low GDP growth, has, has, has been a big part 
um, of why share prices have declined and are pretty cheap. Um, so, you know, perversely, that's what's making it attractive to foreign investors, um, where they, you know, they can kind of see uh, some light on the horizon and and happy to buy into the companies, believing that uh, some of these things are short-term in nature. Hopefully, the uh, five-year time horizon that we have in mind for load shedding it does actually come to light because we've been dealing with it for 16 years up to this point, but we'll have to leave it at that. Uh, Peter, thanks so much for those insights. That's Peter Armitage, who is the CEO of Anchor Capital, sharing his thoughts and insights around the South African Inc. story and what continues to make South African companies attractive to foreign investors. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.